Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Diane. And my name is Pete. And we are back again. We are back again. How are you feeling today? Pretty good. It's been a really nice day outside. So we went for a nice long walk. I am feeling like we are appreciating the good days of summer. Yes, we finally spent a nice lunch on our balcony out in the sun, sort Mm -hmm. of looking at all the flowers you've been planting and just taking it all in until it was just disturbed by the evil uh demon wasp yes that was half wasp and half like grasshopper yeah although we're not sure if he was eating the grasshopper and flying around with it it was really gross Mm -hmm. very gross very weird um yeah so anyway today i thought we could recap speaking of environment uh there was a podcast we did oh geez i don't have it in front of me i'm gonna find out what episode it is um in a second, but uh, it was really early on. We had just seen David Suzuki's Blue Dot Tour. Oh, cool. And yeah. we started talking about um, environment and what you can do to sort of contribute. And you had a whole bunch of tips about it. So I just listened to it recently. I took some yes. notes and I thought we could sort of have a look back and see how good of a job we're doing now versus mm. then if, if we're still cool. doing the same things mm-hmm. and if we've improved on anything, if you have anything new that we do now. So that was sort of my plan. I know you weren't expecting any of this, so surprise. Um, but yeah, that was sort of the idea. So cool. I'm going to find the episode right now. But what we usually do is share a little story about what's new with us since last time. So I guess new this week with Diane and Pete. And that's me. Uh, Really, not a whole lot is new because I have just been uh, working away trying to get my last experiments finished up for my thesis. This is going to sound like a broken record. Still working on it. Uh, Although Friday was the last Western blot that I was going to run for my thesis. So there's that. I took a picture of it. I posted it on social media. Let's get everyone excited about Diane's finish line here. Um, so that, that is basically it. Uh, I have essentially run 36 gels in 10 business days, which works out to almost four per day, which really is a lot. The whole process takes about 18 hours. So I was actually overlapping them. I would start them one day, finish them the next day while starting the next batch yeah. just to get, I, I just knew what I needed to get. Uh, so I just had to kind of plow through them. Uh, so that was essentially my week. That's about it. And just trying not to bite people's heads off when they were asking me questions in the middle of my process. Sounds like a good plan. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I looked it up and the episode was actually episode five. Oh, wow. It's called The Suzuki Story and Green Up Your Life. Nice. So, yeah, we went into, I guess, sort of the uh, biography of David Suzuki. I think we just Mm -hmm. watched his documentary as well at that time. So we were sort of talking about that, and I believe we may have spoken about our trip also out west and uh, a little bit on the internment camps and stuff like that. But we did get into greening up your life. So let's let's get into that. Let's make this the green up recap or something. Cool. For the Ordinary Day podcast. Um, So what was really interesting, there's a a few things that uh, you talked about, but... Your main point actually went around the three R's. Okay. With the idea of reducing, 
reusing and recycling. Okay. And you said that that's really the best thing you can do uh, to be environmental for your contributions, I guess, uh, to this greater society. Cool. So um, I can't remember all of the instances that you made, but uh, I think we talked a little bit about how like we don't use plastic wrap or yes. something like that. So we've reduced our waste. Mm-hmm. We're using containers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked not very much about reusing, but a bit about recycling. Um, so today, what yes. would you say... As far as three hours go, how are we doing uh, um, for environmental good. Good. I probably have a bit of an update, too, on kind of my thinking around this because, um, you know, I follow the David Suzuki Foundation. I donate to them, so I get their newsletters. And there was one point where they talked about kind of the bigger picture. And while things like reducing and reusing and recycling are great, there's certain big things and big ways on how you live your life that can really make quite a large impact. Yeah. Of course, recycling is important, but things like owning one car instead of two yeah. can make quite a large impact. Um, the type of home that you live in can make quite a large impact just based on how much energy it costs to run it yeah. um, and that sort of thing. Uh, so with that in mind, we do very well. <laughs> because yeah, we, and we didn't touch on that very much in the earlier no, podcast. No, and it's a different, a uh, little bit different like mindset too. Um, so with that, we do very well. Like we don't own a car. No. That probably won't last forever, but we don't right now. We rely yeah. on public transportation and our own feet mm-hmm. <laughs> and legs and bikes. And bikes, yeah. Um, or borrowing vehicles when we need mm-hmm. to, renting cars. Um, we live in one apartment that does not consume too much energy to No, not according run. to our bills anyway. They're very reasonable. No, no. And we do very well to, you know, use fans and not have air conditioning running 24-7. Yeah. I think we've used the air conditioning mm-hmm. like on three or four days this summer, which is better than most. Uh, we've been using the fan a lot more. Yeah. This. It's also been a cooler, wetter summer. So That's true. That, that makes a difference. Um, we definitely have cut back on our meat consumption. Oh, yeah. Um, we didn't talk anything yeah. about using the organic uh, food bag as oh, well in, okay, yep. in that older episode, which I'm sure we, we would did. have been doing. Yep. We've been using uh, it pretty much since we've been here. So like five years. So a while. Yes. They actually have a little note at the end of the bag, which about, you know, how many trees you've saved, how much gas you've saved. It really like it works out to a very small amount because we're getting, you know, one bag of groceries every two weeks. Yeah. Um, So it's like 0.8 of a tree we've saved. (laughs) Right. Um, But, you know, we buy... I try to pick vegetables that are local. So, yes. you know, they're not being transported from California yeah. to get here and try to pick things in season and work that way. And just in general, I think that bag has just made us eat more vegetables. Yeah. And, Which is better for you know, us. vegetables, grains, less meat. Um, so that is, that's a bit of a difference. But to be clear. Yes. You would never, ever advertise that you are a fan of the no meat diet. You think meat has a place. It's just, you don't need to have it every day. Yeah. And I think you can do a no meat diet, but I don't think it's something I'm going to try. Uh Um, 
just because really it's the effort i think is what <laughs> i'm i'm lazy okay. oh, um, yeah <laughs> in that sense because i know that i need certain proteins and certain nutrients and i know i can get them from non-meat but it's gonna be really difficult yeah so i just really haven't invested myself in that and i'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that we are supposed to eat some meat well, that's why, that's why we have our teeth, right? Like, aren't we designed, and, and our organs and stuff, like we're designed to be able to eat it. Granted, it has to be cooked. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, generations and generations, we have been doing it. Yeah, there's there's a circle of life. I, I don't know. I don't want to, like, stomp on other people with their ideals. Like, if you need to be a vegan or you want to be a vegetarian, then all the power to you. That's That's fine. I really don't care. <laughs> you can all do whatever you want. Just don't murder people. That's Some fair. people. Bad people can be murdered. That's fine. Uh, let's move on. Reduce. Yes. Reduce. Uh, so something today mm-hmm. that I don't think we did before is something that I think is really awesome and a lot of people should know about. Because I didn't know about this program. If you go to the bulk barn, yep. you can bring your old jars of pickles and salsa and whatever, mason jars and things like that, and they can pre-weigh it for you, and you can use those to fill up containers. So one, you're actually saving a lot of money, which is nice, uh, because you're not paying for packaged materials um, with all marketing dollars behind it and all that. You're just getting you know, whatever, the the food without its marketing, whatever, names. But you're also getting it in your reusable containers, mm-hmm. which is very easy to do mm-hmm. and uh, cost-effective, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, so just some key points about that. Your containers have to be clean. Yeah. So if you bring in a container with a bunch of stuff in it, they won't let you use it. Okay. Um, so they have to be clean containers. And yeah, they pre-weigh them, and then they tear the scale. Make sure that you double check that they have teared the scale properly because I did use my reusable containers once and the bill was much larger than it has been before. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later when I went back again to a different place and the bill was back down to its normal size, I kind of compared receipts and realized they hadn't teared my containers properly. So I was essentially paying for twice the weight of what I should have been paying for. Yes. So just be careful they do that math correctly. Um, but in general, I think it's a great program, um, because yeah, I just, I save glass jars from pickles are really great cause they are yeah. nice wide mouth jars. Yeah. Um, I just save jars and I just clean them and put them on a space on the shelf. So I know where they are. And when I'm ready to go to the bulk barn, I just grab all the jars, throw them in a bag and I'm ready to go. So yeah. it's not like, oh, I need to clean all the jars and then I need to go do this and it makes it really difficult if you kind of prep as you're going, it makes it very easy. Um, yeah, buying in bulk is cheaper for a lot of items, mm-hmm. which is cool. And yeah, just kind of reducing the amount of plastic. Yes. Um, yeah, on, on that front, even just the idea of using those like felt uh, shopping bags instead of plastic bags. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that hard to do. I, it does require a little bit of pre-planning, but one of the things I have done is I started putting a one of those bags in my like uh, little pouch that I carry with me every day to go to work. Mm-hmm. So I've always got one there just in case I yep. hit the grocery store on the way home. That's what I do so too. So I can uh, fill it up. Mm-hmm. Very easy. 
And, uh, you know, a, a lot of people were up in arms for when they made that five cent plastic bag mm. thing. Mm-hmm. I, I was a fan of that, to be honest. And I think, I think I was one of the only ones that were like, yeah, that's, that's great. That's a great idea. Like, let's make it an incentive to not do it. It's amazing what five cents can make people do. Well, right? they just get enraged <laughs> that they have to spend five cents. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people I've heard, I mean, from very non-environmental co-workers I've worked with, it's like, well, I just, uh, because I have to pay for the bags, I go to the self-checkout and I just don't pay for one of the things. And it's like, okay, well, you're not getting the message, I guess. <laughs> it has reduced our use of plastic bags, which is awesome. Yeah. So it, it worked. Five cents. Five cents and people are stopping using bags. It's amazing. Yeah, but I mean, I also get it on a business sense. Like, why is it that the corporations who have spent so much money on developing these plastic bags have to pay for that fee even? Like, I'm sure they must have been like, oh, great. There's an environmental whatever tax of this because it's like it's paying. They have to pay for us having to make these bags all the time, which is something that basically came out of their pocket before. So, I don't know, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all for it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I have also, I, so this is not something you do. This is something I do. Yeah, for reducing? Yes. I make my own toothpaste and I make my own deodorant. Oh, yeah. We talked briefly about mm-hmm. that um, on episode five. Uh <laughs> That was near the end where it was like, okay, we've established all the things you can do. Uh-huh. Now Diane's going to look like a hippie yeah. and explain all the <laughs> other things she does. But you were always very reasonable in saying, I'm not saying this is for everyone, mm-hmm. but this is something that you personally do. I do. And it was fun because I was at uh, camp. Um, one thing about these make your own toothpaste or deodorants is the base is coconut oil. So when it's hot out, that's a liquid. So you can't have your containers. I've figured out ways to make sure they stay upright when I'm packing them so they don't leak. Mm -hmm. Because if you tip them over, then there's just oil everywhere. Um, So I figured out a way to use them and keep them upright. And I had them on my shelf and I would use them every day. And someone commented and saying, that smells really nice. Whatever you use every day, I really like it. Thinking it was some kind of like lotion or something, I guess. And I was like, oh, that's actually like my homemade deodorant. And it's basically the oil base cornstarch as a something that dries it or soaks up moisture and I put lavender in it which is what you're smelling because it smells like lavender so I just smell like lavender yeah so they really liked it and they weren't weirded out by it it is camp and camp we just generally accept any and all weird things that someone brings in um but that was what I had and I didn't go into the fact I also made my toothpaste but yeah Mm -hmm. you know at the same time if you really, really think about it, what you're doing is essentially you're going back to the basics of probably the first time we even conceived starting to use products like these for mm-hmm. ourselves. And it's like, oh, we found that this is a better way to keep ourselves clean or whatever, um, going from caveman to civilized, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the only difference between that early civilization and what we have now is, again, it's marketed products. And a lot of these marketed products have... Uh, just a label attached to it. And then they also have like chemicals attached to it. All these other things to make it that your product can exist on a shelf for a long period of time. And it looks pretty or something in your Mm -hmm. hand, or it has a nice consistency that doesn't appears nice or something. It's all about like how it looks. It's not as much about how it works Mm -hmm. as much as how well it sells. Mm -hmm. 
and how well it doesn't melt at like 30 degrees. Yeah. I can see why people like their products. No, totally. And while they're made. So I don't want to say stop using your products, but at the same time, I can also see your side of it where it's like, yeah. I got to say, some of the products that I do use, I keep using them because they work really well for me. Mm -hmm. And I find, I guess, I don't know if it's too much information. I found like with with like normal deodorants and antiperspirants, they stop working at a period of time and you get really bad BO smell. Nice. With the stuff that I use, I can start to sweat and smell sweaty, Mm -hmm. but I never smell BO anymore. Nice. It's like I've taken away because it's bacteria that's making that smell. Right. So it's like whatever I'm putting on, they can't use to make that smell. So there's a scientist perspective, which means it must be true. And, <laughs> well, I just noticed it myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it may seem like a little bit messier when you're first trying it out because it's just kind of melted oil. But I found that it like I don't have to worry about smelling like B.O. halfway through my day. Well, that's good. Well, I so know you always smell nice. I just thought you were gifted. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So let's. Let's move. We did a bit of reduce. We did a bit of reuse, I guess, with the containers. Yeah. Any other reuse things Um, that we do a lot of? Is there... There's stuff that you multi-purpose. Like, you will turn old article of clothing into rags. Stuff to use for cleaning products. Rags or or little... I've made, like, little baggies with them. You've turned Um, a pair of jeans into a skirt. I have done that. That's Which been was fun. pretty cool. I've um, recently, actually, what I did is I had a bunch of books that I didn't want, mm-hmm. and they're in very good condition. And the library, I think it will accept donations, but I'm not sure where. And sometimes they need to be, you know, more recent books so they don't just get these influxes of books. Um, so around the neighborhood, there's actually they're called the Little Free Library, mm-hmm. and it's just it looks like a little a little house, yeah, and it just has a bunch of books in it. So I. Just And they're all around the neighborhood and you can look it up online, Little Free Library, and they'll show you where they all are. So I just dropped off my books at a couple of different of these Little Free Libraries on my bike ride. Yeah. And I don't know, that seemed like a good way to get rid of some books that I was done reading, but that were still in really good condition and I'm sure other people would have enjoyed. So Yeah. And then I picked one up too on my way home. Nice. Hey, I haven't read this book. That is uh, the definition of reuse. Well done. So that's kind of a neat, neat thing to do. Okay, so the last one, recycle. You actually spent a bit of time talking about this in the old episode. And your big point was pay attention to what you're putting in the recycling bin. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really understand it in that episode. Does that sound familiar to you saying that? Um, Maybe you can go over that again, because I don't know that I entirely understood what you were saying. Um, Like, some things are not recyclable. Is it about, like, putting waste in their cycling bin or um i think the point i was getting at was um there are a lot of things that are now accepted into the recycling bin especially in toronto there's a lot of different plastics like even like dry cleaning bags you can recycle more than you could before yeah you can recycle more but a lot of those very flimsy plastics you can't recycle them and make like a powerade bottle you recycle them and make something like plastic cutlery right which is not recyclable anymore right so 
you are recycling it and reusing it once. Okay. But it gets made into something that's probably disposable. So this is good. I'm glad you brought this up because mm-hmm. I was actually thinking this the whole time I was listening to the old episode. It's like recycling mm-hmm. is one of those things that uh, sounds great on paper. Mm-hmm. But that paper that gets recycled eventually yeah, becomes waste. And recycling, the process itself, actually takes a lot of energy to do. And so there's been some uh, counter, I guess, arguments that recycling isn't even that great for the environment because of all the uh, energy it burns and the waste it creates. So there are things that recycle better than there are other things. So things like aluminum, we were talking about earlier, very easy to do over and over again. Um, yeah, Ele- electronic recycling is another thing that's yeah. uh, become huge and mm-hmm. uh, is much better than it used to be. Yes. I don't want to say don't recycle. No, 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 no. Yeah. Not saying that. No. All I wanted to make the point of is maybe pay more attention to that reuse part where we were talking say, the about. The R's are in a specific order. Yeah, because reusing that pickle jar instead of recycling it is probably better in the end game. I mean, it's one last thing that has to be burned up and uh, remade again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just pay attention to what you're recycling. And maybe if you are recycling a lot of something, maybe there's a way to make it mm-hmm. or buy it in bulk or do something so that you aren't always recycling it. I, you saw I bought all my cereal in bulk yes. today. So I no longer have the cardboard box or the packaging on the inside yes so one of the things that got me on this topic or thinking Mm -hmm. about it again is we've been watching a lot of the show life in pieces okay and there was an episode where they had a competition for each of the family members to have a garbage bag and see how much garbage they created in a day or two in a day and uh the one with the least actually would get to choose the family vacation Mm -hmm. um it became more of an episode about um um, espionage and I don't know, playing with alliances, yeah, alliances and, and double like crossing. That. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, what, what we watched it, we, we, we are both of our opinions is like, why do they have so much waste? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and also there's things like we have an organics program. So they've got like banana peels yeah. and apple cores and all these things that we're like, well, they go in compost, compost and cans. They go in recycling. We're like, yeah. where are they doing? They could have half the amount of waste that they're I know, all creating. They could have zero waste. And, we're, mm-hmm. and yeah, like we don't generate a garbage bag of garbage until like a week or two. And to be honest, most of it is organic waste. Yeah. Like vegetable scraps and stuff. Yeah. They still make it in there too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it, it just shocks me how much, how much garbage there mm-hmm. is. And you know, when we have something like we had a garbage strike a number of years ago right. and everyone was up in arms because now we have to go dump our garbage off at these different depots. And this is such a pain. And it's like, it's no one addressing the fact that we are make a lot of garbage. <laughs> yeah. So I thought at the same time because it was also really smelly. And, and mm-hmm. to your point earlier, the smelly garbage is the organic stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, since that Which, time, we've improved yeah. our compost program. Mm-hmm. So I don't know yeah. if that's part of it. But that's another mm-hmm. thing we should bring up is we have our own composting bin. I don't know if you want to go into that because that's actually very a very cool tip for apartment living. Yes. How did you even find out or begin to do that? Like my worm compost bin? Yeah. How, how do you do or that? There... How would someone make it? Um... 
so, we didn't. We didn't have a compost program before. No, we have one now. Yes. But we didn't before, and I wanted to compost. So I looked it up online. Uh, you can buy composters that sit under your sink and that you kind of throw like some enzymes or bacteria in every once in a while and compost. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of looking at those and they're expensive. They can be a bit expensive. Um, And some of them worked very well. And some of them people said they didn't work very well. So I was kind of up in the air about that option. So you can buy them like you can buy a composting toilet. You can buy a little composter and put it under your sink. Um, and then I don't know how I found out about the worms, but I found out that you can compost with worms called vermiculture. Um, and the, it's a specific type of worm called red worms. And I was just looking up like, well, where do you get these red worms? How do you do it? Um, and I found this one, uh, Canadian outside of Guelph okay. who has this whole website and he has all these video tutorials. So I just watched a video tutorial about how you set up a worm bin. Do you remember what it's called? Um, plug it. He's the compost guy. The compost guy in Guelph. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty sure if you Google the compost guy, you'll find it. I think it's wormcomposting.ca. Okay. It's pretty easy. Um, and he actually uh, sells the worms. So the worms will multiply when you mm-hmm. keep feeding them. So he has, I think, just like a massive stock of worms. Right. And I believe if he still does it, he actually gets scraps from restaurants and compost and has like a whole big operation going nice. on. Um, so you can buy worms from him. And the nice thing that he does is he packages the worms with a whole bunch of organic material. Mm. So the worms can actually survive just in their bag in the box for like 30 days or something. Yeah. Um, so I just usually buy this box of worms for them. And it's like a 20, 20 pound box wow. <laughs> of worms. It's pretty heavy. Pay for shipping. Then. And I, yeah, you pay for shipping. Um, or you can pick them up from him if you happen to be in oh, the area. Okay. He'll, he'll do that too. He's really, he's like great customer service. Nice. Um, and basically you buy an opaque plastic bin, cut some holes in the sides and on the tops, you throw the worms in, um, you can throw in some moistened pieces of cardboard because they'll compost cardboard and you cover the top with shredded newspaper Mm -hmm. and you keep the newspaper dry. So the worms like a nice moist organic environment. Mm -hmm. So they will not go towards the dry newspaper. So it's a way of like keeping the worms inside the bin because okay. when you search worm composting you also get all these images of these worms like exploding out of the bins which is like something out of a horror story um yeah. so i was like oh, i don't want that to happen yeah. uh, but there are ways to avoid that one they're escaping the bin because there's something in the bin they don't like so if you just oh. keep them in their nice organic environment and make the top really dry they'll stay in the nice environment in go- environment um and there are other things that live in the bin with the worms like there's these little bugs Mm -hmm. basically that also help digest things yeah so you're not supposed to forget about those right um and essentially i just have a bin out on our balcony you just protect it from the sun because if they get too hot or humid the worms die yeah so we have it protected from the sun thanks to your ingenious structure you built for me yeah and you just throw in your waste every once in a while and, and, they then, come, and they eat it. But and, you also get soil out of it, correct? Yeah, and they make this organic soil, and I just put it in my pots. Beautiful. So that's like yep. reducing, reusing, and, well, yes. I guess not really recycling. Um, and they will, like I remember one time you were cutting up broccoli, and mm-hmm. you were going to throw the broccoli out because you said, well, they can't compost these like really tough ends yeah. of broccoli. And I said, nope, they eat that. Really? Yeah. Yep, they do. So it's all, um, the worms are vegan essentially. So mm. it's all um, vegetable or fruit waste. You can't put meat right. in there. But you can put eggshells in. 
Nice. We like edge quilts. Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. See, I think that's a good tip. I'm glad so, we shared that. Um, really, it's just taking some time to do some Google searches and see what kind of option will work. Yeah. And trying something out. Like the worms, I think the first year I had them, they were kind of out in the sun and I thought they were in the shade, but they weren't. And it was a really hot summer. So the worms died by the end of the summer. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I bought them again, tried it again. Just see what works. Try yeah. something different. I think I went through a whole bunch of different shampoos, stuff for my hair until I found mm. something that worked for my hair and that it was all silky and soft and long and growing. That's well, no, that's no different than finding your favorite product though. Like, yeah. And like toothpaste and scents and, um, my recent batch of toothpaste, I tried peppermint essential oil instead mm-hmm. of, I think I was using orange before. Mm-hmm. So the peppermint is really nice cause it's kind of minty and fresh. Mm-hmm. So just got to try things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, the biggest point I kept making in that uh, older episode is I think all of this stuff would be easily, uh, uh, everyone would do it if it was easy to do Yes, is really the thing. Mm-hmm. So you just saying, Oh, you got to do like an internet search and you can find it. Yeah. That's one more step, but it sounds like now, like with this, this supplier, it's not that hard to create a environmental initiative for yourself and your home. Mm-hmm. And I think that is important. And I think it doesn't have to be hard to do it because, uh, that was another thing we remarked on in the old episode. It was like, yeah, we talked about the idea of having a saran wrap. And it's like, I remember at first I was like, how, how, <laughs> how are we going to ever get around this? And, and now, well, I guess that was a year ago in May when we published that episode, it was like, I don't even think about it anymore. Like nope. we have great containers that, uh, work better than saran wrap. I mean, do you remember all those commercials where there's this woman trying to use saran wrap and it just falls all over the place? Yep. It's like, there must be a better way. Yes. Yeah, there is. It's called uh, get containers <laughs> and you only have to use them once or twice. And well, you can use them infinitely and they never run out. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, all you have to do is clean them. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot to do there. Um, one last thing that sure. I touched on, and this is when the episode got like, I guess a little emotional, a little heated, a li- not heated, but okay. emotional is sure. I, I kept saying that I felt there should be more, uh, government involvement in this Okay, because I was disappointed in the collective of humanity, right? That we weren't making enough change for this environmental, um, mm-hmm. uh, initiative. So mm-hmm. I was wondering if you think one year passing new governments and all this, Mm-hmm. Um, Suzuki Foundation, you're still a member of. Like, have you seen any uh, improvement in the collective government interest for uh, the environment? Oh, definitely. With the change in government, okay. certainly. So you're talking about Trudeau? Um, Trudeau's liberal government. They definitely have Minister. a strong focus on the environment and climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely more involved in that. Albeit... They were still, you know, approving or supporting things like pipelines. So that seems a bit counter. Um, But we also recently had a carbon tax implemented in Ontario. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's an environmental initiative. So I think we're seeing more initiatives from the government. So the pipelines thing, let me just challenge you on that because that's Uh like one of my major clients. Yes, me used to be. (laughs) So... Uh, the, the, the natural gas 
they'll, they'll say at the same time, like, yes, d- doing fracking and all that can be, you know, a little mm, dangerous or whatever. But the use of natural gas mm-hmm. is a much cleaner burning fuel. And some would say it's more environmental. It's mm-hmm. certainly more economical mm-hmm. than, say, things like uh, coal, oil. Yes. Um, or even electricity to some degree can be a problem. So, I mean, there's ups and downs to everything, I guess. But I don't think that's like the worst thing to possibly do. Is it more just about like clearing out the forest for it or? Yeah, it's just the environmental impact that can come from putting in a pipeline Mm -hmm. and managing it and all that can go wrong with it. Mm. And also too, um, it's just the support you put behind something. Are you going to support pipelines? Are you going to support more wind, solar, other initiatives? Right, right. Just more that kind of frame of mind or focus. We'll I say. get that. I do get that. We'll say, yeah. There, there is one problem with solar and wind, though, is it just doesn't generate a lot of energy. Yes, that's always been the concern. And we need better, you know. I mean, we're we're gaining in technology to build, mm-hmm. you know, things like better batteries and things mm-hmm. that can store the energy, so that when we do have yeah. good days of solar or wind power, that we are able to actually store it and harness it and use it later. I think there's more potential in solar than there is wind. Definitely, though. Solar is, uh, yeah, improved huge over the last few decades. Mm -hmm. So that is, yeah, good future. So I think we have a government that is starting to lean more towards these positive environmental changes. Yeah, at the time of um, that old podcast, May 2016, the United States had not yet elected their president. Mm-hmm. And that was a concern of ours. Is like, well, it looks like there's an interest in this Trump guy. It's crazy to think what will happen to the environment with him in presidency. So that's one thing that's changed. Yeah. Because I do remember once he was voted, didn't he like basically shut down any kind of environmental program possible? I'm sure the head of the EPA is also currently suing the EPA. There was some... Yeah. Story, issue, backstory. Yeah, he's so, not a big fan. So in that way, we've taken a giant step back because mm-hmm. a larger populated, you know, supposed to be forward thinking country mm-hmm. has made a huge step back in uh, the way the environment is being treated. Almost bringing us back to like the 80s where it was a very consumerist culture and damn be to anything else, whether it's the planet or our own health, our own safety, whatever. It's the 80s, man. Party it up. Let's have some fun and make some money. And uh, I'm feeling, well, besides his hair, that that is definitely his attitude. 80s-centric. Yes. Business, business. Quite disappointing. So we'll see. He has been trying to do some things, and they've been shot down. So. Oh, yeah. That's good. They've been trying to repeal Obamacare and haven't been able to. Oh, that's nice. So... Well, there's some good news then. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other good news to sort of put in your back of your head is uh, 80s brought us a lot of horrible things with its over um, consumerist culture attitude. And one of them was music was very, sorry, people who love 80s music, by the way, uh, very poppy and kind of shallow and yeah, pop driven. 
but it gave birth to 90s grunge music. And I can't wait for that to happen again. Yeah, you're still waiting. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I'm still waiting. I want to see a renaissance in music again. We're Any day now, any day, we're going to get tired of this. It's been a good 20 years now, so come on, people. Let's move as a collective. Yes. And if you are looking for some good music, <laughs> Field Processor. Thursday or Friday nights. It kind of changes <laughs> over the summer. They have a Twitch feed. You should check them out. Yes. You're gaining quite the following of people who think you're awesome. So that's great. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like we are summing up the podcast. So if you have any great ideas for environmental tips, I hope you have enjoyed what we provided. Um, but please share any of yours and send your emails to the Ordinary Day Podcast. Sorry, not the just ordinary day podcast at gmail.com. Good catch. Good catch. Uh, yeah, that's just about it. So until next time, take one more for the road. <laughs> <laughs>